Welcome, everybody, to uh, another week of the Soccer Thread Podcast. I am not Dan Trader. Um, apparently, he got lost on a run. Mm. I hope he found his way back. Mm. Um, He's still out there. I'll, I'll send a search party out to the uh, Beaverton Podcast Studios after this, uh, after this episode. I'm Ryan Palmer in Portland, Oregon. No weather update. Um, I'm just going to throw it to Mike, who's currently wearing a vest. I love it. I'm wearing a vest. You know, last weekend, uh, put away put away all the winter gear, turned off the heat like a bunch of idiots. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this it was actually pretty nice today, but uh, we, turned, we had to turn the heat back on. Just kind of a cowardly move, but... Pride you know, comes the, before the fall, Mike. At the end of the day, that. you need to have a happy, a happy roommate, and uh, that's what was necessary for the happy roommate. Summer comes um, before the fall. I will say that there was really there was one thing I wanted to do today, one thing, and that was to see Dan Schrader. And I'm very sad I don't get to see him. So I hope we find him. Get that search I'll, party out there. Let's locate Dan. Let's bring him home. I'll send a search party out. I promise. Um, live from the swamp, Colin Smith. It's Saturday live from night. the swamp. It's been beautiful in the swamp. Uh, on Friday it was beautiful. Yesterday it was beautiful. Um, as you know, I record my podcast from or this podcast from a shed. Uh, I sometimes also work out of this shed, and I was doing that on Friday. And, uh, you know, as I was going out to the shed to go to work, I usually try to grab something for lunch in case I, you know, don't have time to go into the kitchen and, and make things. And uh, it was so nice outside. I was like, fuck it. I'm, I'm grabbing some burgers. So I grabbed burgers and buns, and then, you know, I'm, I'm just, like, grabbing on my way out. So, obviously, I'm not, I'm not taking prep time here. Uh, but I grab an avocado and some barbecue sauce, and I had myself a nice little grill out uh, while I was doing some work, you know, a few hours later. And it really brought me back to uh, the times when you grill, uh, you know, probably in a parking lot, but could be somewhere else. But, you know, when you're about between the ages of 18 and 23, maybe, and you're really just bare bones in it when you grill. Yeah. Like, yeah. you have one knife, no spatula, um, there's no choices of condiments. Nothing is sliced. Uh, like I, I just cut you, my avocado sometimes you in half. Undercook, sometimes you yeah. undercook meat, <laughs> and sometimes people get E. coli. Yeah, sometimes if you're mm-hmm. SBC. These things happen. You might end up in the <laughs> ER. Um, but, yeah, these things happen. But, like, yeah, I just cut this avocado in half and made two burgers, put one half on one, one half on the other. It was great. But, uh, yeah, definitely brought me back to some times grilling with you guys, and definitely – Grilling with uh, one of our pod listeners who never writes in, Ryan Peters. Uh, mm. That was 100% our tactic for the three years I lived with him. Um, but actually, the best story I have like that, which is the whole reason I'm doing this intro, is to shout out Keevan, because Keevan is from Milwaukee. So shouting out all of our listeners. Yeah, just, it's just a it. listener chat. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, well, maybe not obviously, but. This happens a ton if you're from Milwaukee because anytime you go to a baseball game, you kind of feel obliged to tailgate. It's like a, it's like not 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 a really good form if you go and don't tailgate in the parking lot. And uh, so many times I've done that with with Keevan, especially in in our youth, we would show up and one person would have the grill and it'd just be like, just try to light it and have a few hot dogs. If we have mustard, that would be like pretty top top notch classy stuff. And I just like that that uh, ethos, I realize now, came all the way from my father, who's someone who didn't even bother with the grill. On our way, there was a time I can remember when we were about 14 or 15, and my dad takes us to a Brewers game. And on the way, we go to Speed Queen, which is a ribs place that's halfway in between my house, where I grew up, and uh, Milwaukee, or Miller Park. I think it's Miller, it was Miller Park at the time. And uh, it's the kind of barbecue place where you buy things by the pan. And we get a pan of barbecue chicken. My dad thinks this is a great idea. We think this is a great idea. We get a, you get a, served a pan of barbecue chicken, and you get a loaf of white bread. So that's all we had. So we 
get to the stadium, you know, eat that out of the trunk, basically. Uh, get very, <laughs> very sticky with barbecue sauce. And all we have mm. is white bread. And so we used white bread as napkins and then ate it. Um, and this was completely acceptable to us. And we were like, that's okay, that was good use of white bread. That's a classic dad supervising yeah, kind of exactly. move. Like, didn't bring the napkins. Like, that's still stuff that I do when my wife and I are getting food out together, not getting napkins. I'm yeah. getting better, but it still happens a lot. This That story just reminds me of the old JJ's fish and chicken uh, pan yeah. of chicken wings chicken that wings, we yeah. would get. Um, great, great chicken wings, great side of white bread, yep. great for dipping, uh, yeah. and great hot sauce. All, all good. All good. Yeah. My dad, uh, a big barbecue guy and, and just in general, a big guy. So, uh, you know, ordering things by the pan definitely was always in play, uh, at the Smith household <laughs> growing up. I love it. I love it. Well, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll keep it with you, uh, in the swamp. Uh, you have a warm up for us. Oh, Absolutely. So uh, MLS kicks off this week on Friday. We'll get to that in a little bit more detail later, perhaps. Um, but what already happened this week was that both MLS, to a lesser extent, but really NWSL, stole the show uh, with some great kits, which are, I think, all made by Nike, if not, if not mostly made by Nike. Um, but just across the board, some great ones. Actually, I foolishly don't have them up in front of me but um louisville has these killer ones that are black with um some lilies i believe on them some purple flowers orlando has great kids is that louisville or louisiana louisville Louisville. yeah racing louisville racing louisville oh oh maybe that's um thorns have some nice new kits i think black with roses uh chicago red stars of course have great kits they have great kits every year every year yep um, Orlando Pride and Houston both have kind of like um, astrologically based kits. Orlando's are like uh, nighttime kind of stargazing. And then uh, Houston Dash have like, uh, you know, Houston kind of NASA themed situation going on. Um, but like good looking kits as well as the, you know, tie into uh, the places they're from. The, the uh, New York. New York team oh, yeah. was recently rebranded. They have a, a beautiful sash. Yeah, really classy. They went, some of those other ones are like, well, you can't just have uh, these purple uh, flowers on black like every year forever. But the New York t- team, which is now Gotham FC, has this very classy black, all black with a light blue sash, um, which you could just 100% see them just sticking, like, sticking with that and making that a classic kit. So, yeah. and also, Black with a light blue sash, like who has that? You know, that's not a, that's not white with a red sash or whatever. So, a pretty awesome across the board, great branding, which made me think, hey, we always talk about the right consulting, consulting project. We think MLS kits are crap, pretty much yeah. across the board. There's a couple good no. ones here and there, a couple creative ones. Shout out to Philly this year, probably with the best new kit. Uh, yeah, the the sky blue yeah, and the sky blue and the, the, and the yellow. Bolts. Yep. Yeah, those are good. Uh, but Palmer, if you could rebrand one MLS team, or just does that not rebrand necessarily, just re- give them a new kit. You don't have to do the whole Gotham FC rebrand, but just give them a new kit. What team are you picking, and, and what's their new kit look like? I mean, listen. Here's the thing. I'm not. What I'm going to do is I'm going to completely rebrand MLS. And what I'm going to do <laughs> is I'm, I'm going to say I, I'm going to you. It, it has been proven that you can come up with unique kits for every single team uh, and have them all be the same company. Right. So this is all Nike. Yeah. Yeah, it's not right. You don't need the three stripes on the shoulder like so, everybody. So you do, yeah, like every shit. single team doesn't have to have the, template. the same template, right? Yeah. So we've solved that problem. So here's the rebrand: Adidas no longer part of MLS. <laughs> Let's get on Nike's team, and yep. Nike is going to rebrand all of all of. Uh, so wait, all wait. Of MLS. Your your answer to this is just we're gonna get rid of the bad company and bring in the, yes. the good company <laughs> and let them figure it out. <laughs> Seems fair. Seems Not fair. Specific. Wow. All right. So man, it, I want ser- to hire my... you. You are doing a great job here. <laughs> I mean, what do you want? 
Nike's doing a great job with NWSL. They like, also, uh, I don't know if, if Nike's part of WNBA, but they had a, a really great rollout yeah, those, of, uh, of jerseys WNBA as well. And are they fresh. are, they're great. They're great. Um, I'm much more likely to buy a Thorns kit than I am to buy uh, a Timbers kit. Because if I buy a Timbers kit, it would look the same as a Seattle Sounders kit, but just different colors, right? Mm-hmm. Um I don't know about that. So, the Timbers kits have it, usually been pretty fresh, but yeah, they are. They're, they're, I mean, they're actually pretty good. But but I mean, in MLS right now, question, it's very much like one template. There's one template that every single team has. The three stripes on the right. shoulder. Every single team has one of those. But then their right. you know their other one can have some creativity, right? Sure. So they have some alternates that, that look yeah. good and, and all that. So yeah, buying um, the one with the three stripes on the shoulder is a perplexing move by any fan. So, so here's here's what I would say. Um, I, you know, coming from Chicago, lived in Chicago for 10 years. I still really, really love Chicago. One of the things that I love about Chicago is, uh, is the Chicago flag already been done by the red stars. Right. So it's, it's hard for me to say that team is called the red stars, the red stars. Right. And because of the the Chicago after, after the Chicago flag, but that flag is fantastic. So anything that you can do as a Chicago fire, team to rebrand or make a better jersey you have to add in the uh the the flag in some way all right so can i steal can i can i just take this idea and 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 help you do it for another team synergize it synergize it it. (laughs) this is a great idea i love your point on this uh red stars have a great kit branding whatever you want to call that thing going but they already did it in chicago fire should have done it in 98 hey Right, imitation is the highest yeah, form exactly. of flattery, exactly. right? But you can't really do it again in Chicago, right? Because it's That's already fair. been done. But the flag thing is very cool. Yes, DC. DC has a good DC flag. DC has a great flag. DC United, your kits are stale. <laughs> like I get that you were trying to be classic for a long time, and there are some classic designs you could go back to and kind of retro. But at the end of the day. I think you could use a new kit. Maybe it's just an alternate kit, and you can keep your home primary, the black and white, you know, same kit you've always had. But let's do a DC United kit that's the DC flag. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to one-up you there, because I was also thinking DC. Uh, <laughs> as DC is, you know, the city of, or the district of Columbia, Washington, DC, is also sandwiched between Maryland and Virginia. The area is commonly referred to as the DMV for District, Maryland, Virginia. So you want to attract not just your D.C. fans. The, the crest already has the D.C. flag on it. So your, your second kit incorporates elements from all three places. So you've got D.C. flag, best city flag in America. You've got Maryland flag, <laughs> best wow. state flag in America. You've got I'm not Virginia. I'm not, I'm not going gonna, gonna, gonna to debate that one. I like that. Don't that fuck with me. Flag flag great. Great. It's a great state flag. fuck with me. <laughs> Not tonight. Uh, Virginia flag is god-awful. Uh, but anyone who has ever crossed into Virginia from D.C. or Maryland knows they have these big signs on all, you know, every state you go into and it says, like, welcome to Wisconsin, you know, dairy capital of America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Virginia, it says, Virginia is for lovers, and it's got yep. a big heart on it. And so you take these three images you have the background is your black and yellow checkered Maryland flag. And then kind of on top of it, you've got like some red hearts for Virginia. You've got some D.C. flag, uh, you know, stars and and. Uh, this and is like just a mishmash. Of- it's just a, it's just an absolutely <laughs> clusterfuck kit. It's, it could be awesome like, if you get the Nike like guys the behind new- it. If you get the Adidas guys behind it, it's going to be awful. Yeah. But it's going to be memorable. You're going to be like, OK, I remember that. That was the 2021 DC United, you know, third kit. And you know what? It was something. I bought it. It looked wild, but I bought it because I'm a fan. The ref and didn't know which, when he was like out of bounds, you know how they like be like, out of bounds, that's, that's going yeah. red. He was like, so, ah, um, fuck. Multicolor. Black, yellow, red, green, and purple. Just be like, not, not white. Not white. Yeah. Um, I, you, I could see that with like uh, kind of take the checkered look of Croatia. Mm-hmm. But turn it into the checkers of Maryland. 
like the yeah. black and yellow there's, and red. There's definitely something so here that, that could be done in the right hands. It's easy yeah. to screw up. I think it'd be hard to achieve, but there's, there's possibilities here. You need here. to co- contract like the right modern artist on there. Yep. I was yep. watching, uh, I, I don't know if you guys are watching this, but uh, I was watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier, um, which is a Marvel comic. Obviously, uh, we're not watching that. Television show. <laughs> and in it, there's like a new Captain America, and he has a, a uniform, literally a uniform that he wears that's hoops. It's blue and red navy blue and red hoops i like it and i was thinking to myself this would be a great like why didn't the u.s do they tried the hoops but they did it in so fresh. red and white right no, they, they, they had, had great they had they had did red they have, and blue oh they do yeah they were like for like a hot half, second yeah yeah they were like half faded but i feel like um the revolution could have a like a, a navy and red hoops sure. that would i look mean pretty good. honestly every team who's not in hoops and doesn't already have like LA Galaxy has the sash or whatever. But like, yeah. if you're a team without a uh, like baked in identity like that, hoops is better than what you have. Like yeah. hoops is 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 a yeah. very to me, it's just like a very good look. It's and it works with every two colors. Like yeah. hell yeah! All right, my, my oh go ahead. There's Paul. some there's some great flags out there, city flags that yeah. should be highlighted on more kits. Yeah. Let's just Portland's. let's say that. Yep. yep. Portland flag is good. All right, so we've we've done the flag thing. So my my other idea was Minnesota United. Uh, for those of you who live in the Twin Cities and listen to Minnesota Public Radio, or as they like to say, MPR, differentiate <laughs> from National Public Radio NPR. Uh, there there is a I would say infrequent segment that happens that's called Minnesota Flower Chasers, and it's these two you know. Older women, probably like in their 60s. I mean, I don't know how old they are because it's the radio, but I'm just guessing that, you know, they're not in their 20s. Uh, and it's just what you might expect. They just they go around the state in the spring and they just go to like prairies and they just talk about flowers over the radio. It is an absolutely silly segment because they're just like us talking about jerseys on a podcast. You, it's really hard to describe a visual thing in any way that's meaningful. And yet, these segments are incredibly endearing. They're just so funny. There was one on Friday, and they were just talking about how, oh, my God, I've been, you know, wildflower chasing for 40 years, and I've never seen this flower in this way. They were so excited. I got excited. It made me want to <laughs> go outside and pull weeds this weekend. Uh, and so you have, you have your, your flower chaser kit, which is just a, a bouquet of flowers, on your kit, just lots of different colors. Apparently, that's the theme of my design is just color explosion. But yeah, uh, yeah you just you just throw a shitload of wildflowers on your kit, call it a day. I mean, every state has their state flower, right? Like, you could add a little bit, you know, add the state flower in into the kit. Uh, I like, I love this idea. I love this idea. I mean, Louisville racing, Louisville. That's that is their kit essentially. So yeah, um, but- I love it. My other one for DC is uh, like one thing that's a pretty iconic about DC is the metro system. And it's got like a very iconic design. All the elements are kind of boring. So there's like there's like a tile that you could do that you could do that pattern. Like the map is kind of iconic. So there's there's something there. You could have like your metro kit. I think that would be kind of fun. Uh, you could probably do kind of similar things in a lot of places. Give uh, me give me the beltway on a shirt. Just a circle. Just a circle Just the on a beltway. shirt. Give me that beltway. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? All right. Those are those are fantastic kid ideas. If you guys have your own kid ideas, please uh, email in. Uh, I can't ever remember our email address, but that's Mike's job. Uh, Mike, emails. I, I didn't get to do mine. That's cool. That's cool. Oh, I thought oh, you did. We, we thought DC was you yours. Just, you just oh. stepped on mine. Oh, yeah. No, that was just me just riffing off yours. Just trying to support <laughs> you. Really. Sorry. Go. Go then. Oh, my idea was just going to be... Maybe I'll you could just, just actually email it. Yeah, I'll just email it. That's fine. <laughs> no, I might have to do it. I don't know if you guys know, Velez Sarsfield, uh, Argentinian team, once managed by Marcelo Bielsa. Um, but because of... I don't know any... They're from Buenos Aires, but I don't know... So I don't know really what Velez Sarsfield is. Is that a neighborhood or whatever? Um, but... Their kit always has a big V on it, basically. It's like a sash, if you can imagine, like the sash, but then coming back up on the second half. Um, 
So I think that's a pretty sweet look. And I like it changes year to year a little bit too much for me. Like whatever, it'd be less deep of a V. I think they should just have it be exactly the same every year, but, and like, it'll be on their away kit in a, in a different way, but it's kind of like always having this, this V element. Um, I would definitely like to see Vancouver Whitecaps who basically mm-hmm. have no identity. If you ask me from a yeah. kit standpoint, um, Bring that to him. Yeah. Give that V all Vancouver, the time. Vancouver is like the Adidas template. That's yeah, it. Vancouver is like straight Adidas. And uh, the Vancouver Canucks, the hockey team, used to have a jersey that was just a V back in like the 70s maybe. Um, had a, bl- a black jersey that was a yeah. yellow and red T- V. T- terrible colors. Terrible yeah. colors. <laughs> not, not a good look looked probably like, on that one. Looked like Burger King yeah, very employees. Burger King, very Burger King. Yep. But I, I think their colors are all right. Vancouver white caps and the whole white cap, you know, white and blue. And, you know, there feels like a cold jersey. Feels like winter on their jersey. Um, yeah. But, yeah, basically they could just bite Vela Sarsfield's jerseys every year um, and do better than they're doing. So, if you know, if you're Adidas and you're clearly trying to put minimal effort into MLS, uh, <laughs> no one in Vancouver I, knows about this team. Just, just copy their jerseys every year. I, listen, I'm just I'm hoping that Adidas is just taking notes from Nike and and Step NWSL. Like that's fine. Like it, be a biter. That's okay because the, those jerseys are amazing. Like bite that. Make yeah. better jerseys. Just Don't make worry better jerseys. If I write rhymes, those I are write great checks. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, all right, Colin, you done? I'm done. All right. Let's. Uh, if you again, if you have. Um, if you have any suggestions on jerseys that you would like to see, uh, please email them in. I still don't know our email address, but Mike does. Uh, Mike, hit us with the, uh, with the emails this week. The email address is soccerthread at gmail.com. I know it's a <laughs> tough one. We'll get there one day, Ryan. All right, first email is from Keevan. He, uh, he points out that this week several uh, pretty notable teams uh, – said they're boycotting social media. Uh, so those teams are Swansea, Swansea City, so former Premier League team now in the championship. Uh, Birmingham City, also a uh, similar situation. Former Prem now, I think, in the championship, maybe a league lower. And Rangers in Scotland, who are you know second, second or first biggest club in Scotland, depending on who you ask. Just won the Scottish championship, you know, big global brand. They are boycotting social media, um, due to basically rampant racism on social media, players getting um, you know abused on social media by their own fans, by other fans. And so I'll just read a, a quote from Rangers uh, in their statement. They said, We are concerned with the daily racist abuse our players have to endure and believe that although social media can be a very positive and healthy platform for communication, there is undoubted concern the level of hate are now spiraling out of control. Um Palmer, do you agree with teams leaving social media? Are there other things you'd like to see teams do in addition to or instead of leaving social media? Yeah, I mean, I, this is a hard question, right? Like, what, who, who does leaving social media affect the most, right? Is it going to affect Twitter by them leaving, um, leaving social media? by um, deleting their account. Um, And I'm not exactly sure if that affects Twitter. Um, But I do know that I would like to see Twitter take kind of more of a role in this. Uh, I don't know how, um, you know, I don't know how they can, you know, we can push for that. Um, But coming completely off of social media... Um, you know, you remove your ability to communicate with, you know, more of your fans. Um, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, but I, I like this step. It's if you, if you take that aspect out of it, like remove yourself from that, then that that's fine. And I support them in this, but I just, this is a hard, this is, this is a strange, strange question. Um, it's really obnoxious. It, it sucks that this, that they continue to, uh, deal with this, but um, I'm not really sure how this affects Twitter, uh, because ultimately the 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 goal is to make sure that Twitter um, starts 
you know, suspending these accounts and um, taking a little bit more action in, in, uh, on their end. Um, I just don't know how this is going to force them and essentially force their hand. So, yeah, Colin, it was, so they're, these three clubs are doing a week long boycott. So they're not saying they're going to be off forever. They're taking a week off. Do you think that's the right approach? I mean, I think I agree with Palmer. Like it's a good thing to do because it has us talking, but like right now there's not a lot that that's going to, not going to be a push for change for the actors who need to change the situation, right? Like people who are racist on Twitter aren't going to be like, oh, they took a week off, like shit, I got to reform my Twitter game or whatever. And Twitter's not going to bat an eye about that, right? Um, I think long, so, I mean, this is kind of, like, I don't really, I'm not a social media scholar, but like, I feel like whatever, 10 years ago or something, the dominant platform was Facebook, and that's something where you put your real name behind it. So maybe yeah. if you do racist, if you make racist comments in, in Facebook, it's a little bit more, it's a little easier, it's a little more public for your like employer to see that you're making racist comments on some, some in some situations. So you're a little bit uh, more hesitant to do that if you're the kind of person who wants to do that. I'm, I'm guessing Twitter, uh, Instagram, whatever is just like you make a name, right? And you just you just you can be completely anonymous, no problem. So I think that contributes to this, um, to the problem here. And I think that uh, there becomes a uh, space for a, one of these platforms or another platform to come in and say, hey, we're going to ask people to be a little bit more, um, you know, use their real name or whatever, a little bit more responsible or a little bit more, um, what's the word? Um, you know, have to deal less, with less anonymous. accountable, accountable, a little bit more accountable for their actions. Right. And so then you get a situation where the teams can say, Hey, this is where we want to be. This is that where we interact with our fans through social media. This is where we give away shit. This is where we can link your right. account to the fact that you're a season ticket holder and yeah. we can say, Hey, you get free stuff for following us. Colin, you blah, blah, Colin, blah, blah, blah. I think, stop talking. This might be, this might be our, uh, our ticket to finally <laughs> owning Tranmere. Yeah. So like, yeah, then you can do all this kind of shit. And then if you say, hey, fuck you and blah, 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 you know, to the player when he misses the goal and, and, and costs you your money and your, um, you know, the bet you would put at, you know, at the bookies so that you can that person is linked to their season ticket account or, account or whatever. Yeah. And some way you can go report to that platform and that platform takes action. Um, I think that's where this ends up it could take 10 years. Like, I don't, I don't know yeah. what the, you know, how to predict social media, right? Like that's. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think this is all, I mean, we talked the same thing about the Qatar, you know, political statements and potential boycott. It's like, if three clubs do it, doesn't matter. You know, these clubs could leave forever. If a hundred clubs do it, starts to matter because like the way these companies make money is, you know, the, the big influencers, the big, clubs post and that's what drives other people to their sites so i mean i i don't know yeah but it's I mean, I, there I, has I, to be competition I, right like right now these these teams and players are all boycotting all social media they're right. not saying i'm getting abused on twitter and twitter needs right. to fix it i'm cool on instagram because instagram protects me in some some yeah, reason or that, it provides a safer space or whatever but that's not the case yeah. yeah that's not the case but once that starts to happen there's a differential which i don't think is far away because we are now seeing like in the last, I don't know, even six months or a year, like I've been become cognizant of the fact that there's social media platforms that are like, like Parler or whatever that are specifically appealing to people of a certain political bent or proclivity to have these kind of tendencies. So there certainly will be stuff that pushes the other way, right? And so if teams say, hey, we don't want to be on Parler, we want to be yeah. on whatever is, you know, right. the opposite then that that becomes something that's actionable in some in some real way. Yeah. We want to we want to be on on Threadnet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um all right, that one other thing and I mean I, I don't know I'll put it out there and if you guys want to respond to it we can, but Kevin also pointed out uh Sebastian Legette, US men's national team player, uh on his Instagram used a uh homophobic uh term or word uh on Julian Araujo 
he subsequently like pulled it down and issued, you know, a apology to like the person who called him out for it, but didn't put anything on his social media. So, I mean, I think it's important. We often talk about like this stuff happening in the soccer culture, you know, yeah. outside of the U S this is something with a very prominent American player, like happening in the U S you know, bigotry. I, I don't know if there's anything more to say other than just saying like, you know, we got to also clean up our own. Backyard. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we definitely have work to do with, within our, uh, within our camp as well. And like, uh, this particular slur is a slur that, uh, the um at least the US Soccer Federation has been working I don't know relatively hard about this particular slur is something that they've been working to get out of the game. So it's not like um Legette can say I didn't know. Right. right? Like this is something that has been in the fore- foreground um and happening at games um from the crowd. Um and so for him to use this it's like it's just it's not even it's not even him being naive it's just him being an idiot yep um and there's well, I, I don't no, think we no should excuse. say an idiot right i don't think we should say an idiot cuz that makes it seem like oh yeah, he's, that's he's true. stupid yeah it's him yep. being like a a bigoted homophobic at least yep. saying things that are bigoted and homophobic yes yeah absolutely i mean and, i think it's both right like yeah he's and bigoted and homophobic just, but also he could do that in a he could not let us know that that would be smart of him to not let us know. Yeah, and then he posts it, and then he posts it, right? And so, like, you want to talk about issues with social media, right? Like, you do something like that, you should be removed from the platform if if Twitter wants to take or Instagram wants to take a stand, right? At least give uh, him a yellow card. <laughs> take him a week I mean, off. Yeah, something, right? Um, so it's just it's it, yeah. I mean, we got we we have a lot of work to do as well. So yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's a good point, Mike. Yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, thank you, Kevin. Next email is from Kevin's partner in emails, Spencer Dixon. <laughs> uh, Spencer with a with the long one and a good one. It's been a while since he emailed in, so a lot of catching up on. He wanted to call you guys out uh, about your discussion of of CP to God, and just kind of talking about how you know maybe. Uh, you know, I think there was some discussion last week about is is he weak? Is he mentally weak? Is he physically weak? And <laughs> Spencer, you know, basically says like, as you get to a certain level, um, you know, you start you start seeing the nicer things. Maybe uh, your motivation changes. And he says, I'm not calling CP to God weak. I'm saying he may have lost his edge, and maybe he's comfortable, which is the problem. Colin, do you think that's true? No. I don't think he's comfortable. I think that the fact that uh, he's at Chelsea is and and is what makes him uncomfortable right now mm-hmm. is that he can't. He's not at uh, whatever Aston Villa like Jack Grealish. I think that was who we talked about when we talked about him, where Jack Grealish just walks into the team every week. If he's healthy, he's playing. He doesn't have to worry about that shit. He's the best player on the team. Nobody can do anything like what he can do. You know, he has every reason to feel comfortable. Uh, well, I, I think, six, I mean, but I think Spencer's Spencer's definition is co- of comfortable is a little bit different here. What that he's making a lot of money in that, yeah, yes, in that like Pulisic, his you know, he's comfortable in that he trains, goes to goes to games, may or may not play, might start, might get to see time in the second half. That's all right. Very little pressure on him to perform. Uh, There's little pressure on him to perform after signing there for. Maybe that's million? what he feels. I don't know. Maybe that's what I, he feels like. I mean, the, you, the, you, the coach is like, plays me every, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll see 15 minutes. Maybe I'll get, that's fine. You, I, you know, I, you maybe he enjoys it. his life in, in England. That's what I think Spencer's saying. You, with comfortable. you see it from players. I think like Danny Drinkwater maybe is a recent example of guys who are like, you know what? I'm got to move to the big club. I got my big payday. And that's really what I wanted. My family's taken care of now. And I, I don't know if that's, if that's the case for Pulisic. I don't really think so. That's just kind of my hunch is that he, he does want to be great. But you see it, it. It's not completely uncommon. And these guys are yeah. just like, uh, yeah, I'm just going to write out my contract. I don't care if you embarrass me and make me train with the kids or I don't get to play at all. 
still making a hundred thousand pounds every week, and uh, I'm cool with that. Yeah, I mean, but, I, th- I agree with you. You see a lot more. I think you see a lot more in American sports actually, in, in leagues where you have like long guaranteed contracts and rookie de- in, in American sports when you're 22 years old, like Chris Pulisic, you're on some kind of rookie deal that's collectively bargained. And you're like actually not making that much money, and so you have to make it to like 26 to get that first free agent deal, because American sports are, um, you know, more socialized. Um, but uh, and then so once you make that that big free agent deal at 26 or 28, depending on what league you play in, then if you might sign that deal somewhere where the team is not winning a lot of games, and you're just like your NBA player, like you're just like. Oh, like I'm just gonna score 20 points a game. We're never gonna make the playoffs, but like it doesn't matter. Like whatever. I I go out. I score my 20 and five. I could be great and score 32 and and make a you know average 30 points a game and uh, we get the eight seed. But like who gives a shit? Like that doesn't matter to me. So yeah. I, t- I mean I agree with that. I don't think that's the case for Christian Pulisic, but yeah. I, I, okay, I see that argument. Yeah. Um. I mean, should we just talk, since we're talking about Pulisic now, we're going to talk about it later, but he had a brace this weekend. Like, is he back? Is everyone happy now? I know <laughs> this is probably more directed at me than, than anyone else. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was, the one, I was the one that said, like, does he want to be at Chelsea? Is he, uh, maybe it was just the game. He's just like, I don't want to be in this game anymore. We're, yeah. we're down a man. We're clearly going to lose this game. I don't really want to run around that much, so. Yeah. I mean, I think he, I think he's also like scared of, uh, like scared of hurting himself. Basically, like he had this is his black mark is that he he's constantly injured for a long time, and so if he like feels a little tweak, he's like, oh my god, I can't be out for another yeah, three months. Like, yeah. yeah, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. I mean, yeah, I think that's a big concern. I also think with this game, like, it's great. I I want to see him start and have like a run like he did last season before I'm like. Yeah, it's all good. I'm still worried about the <laughs> fact that Tuchel basically only plays three attacking players a game, and one of them's usually a, you know, a classic center forward, which is not him. So I'm still not entirely convinced that uh, he's in the right place. But you know, if he keeps scoring two goals a game, I think he will find his way into the team. Yeah, and yeah. him and Havertz were hooking up, and yeah, people were ap- absolutely in love with what Havertz was was doing. Ha- so Havertz was a- looking very saucy. And Havertz, yeah, so if, I, if, that's a, if that's a partnership, you know, for the future, then that's great for Pulisic. And so, Havertz yeah. was, was, it's worth saying with this, I, I think you're right about this problem that uh, Tuchel plays one less attacker than Lampard was playing, basically. Uh, but Havertz playing the nine takes one of the kind of like attacking mid slash wingers yeah. out of that group and puts him, you know, at the number nine spot. So yeah. it's... It's bad for Tammy Abraham and Timo Werner and Olivier Giroud, maybe, but it's good for Christian. So, yeah, yeah. Um, only other thing I wanted to highlight from from Spencer's email uh, is he just he talks about his days with working with Colin in the factory. Uh, <laughs> it says funny story. Uh, cut my fi- cut my finger on a table saw and broke their streak of no injuries. I just love the idea that there's like the. It's been 200 days. 100%. Of, 100% was. There and, was. Yep, there was that yep. sign on the and wall. And then it's like, that goddamn high school yep. idiot cut his <laughs> yep. finger. Now we got to go back to zero. Yep. 100%. That is 100% of the story. That is exactly right. I would uh, like to say, also that. say the year before uh, Spencer worked there, uh, I worked, did the role that Spencer did uh, the year he worked there, like which was more filling in for people at a bunch of different stations in like the machining and fabrication parts, which were, you know, where you could hurt yourself. And I definitely felt like at the end of the year, coming out of there with all my fingers was like, yeah, it's big. all right, I made it. I made it. Because there was a lot of things that I was just like, if I just leave my finger in this and don't pay it, I have to make 700 of these. And if I just don't pay attention for one, I'm going to lose a finger. Yep. I so. want to know what the streak was at. Like, was this a 10-day streak or was this <laughs> no, like hundreds, a, hundreds. a like a, a 15-year streak? No, I'd say in between. Hundreds of days, I would say. <laughs> a 15-year streak. <laughs> I mean, they take that shit seriously. Sure. But, I mean, 15, year, I thought 15 years would be very impressive. Yeah. 
I mean, OSHA, OSHA would be like, wow, guys, you take the cake. Uh, anyway, soccerthread at gmail.com. Great set of emails from the Wisconsin boys. Uh, keep them coming. Um, all right. Those were great. Uh, soccerthread at gmail.com, right? You got it. Got it. All right. We're back. Um, <laughs> speaking of what is back, MLS is back. Um, and Wait, not everyone say MLS back. is back, though, because I mean that was that's a tournament. That was a very specific way of MLS being back. Did did I say that MLS is back tournament, or did oh, my, I just say bad. MLS is back? I just got confused. Bad. That's bad branding. Uh, MLS starts on Friday. Um, I'm going to throw in some questions here that you guys are not prepared for whatsoever. Let's go. So You're right. I'm not uh, all questions. This is I'm not prepared. This is going to be this is going to be great podcasting. Um, Colin, yes. Given the MLS season starting on Friday, I want you to make some predictions here. Great. Who is your biggest surprise for the season? Hold on. Let me look at the standings. All right. Nobody's played. Yep. Got it. All right. Um, who's my biggest surprise for the season? Uh, I, I think actually it's going to be, I'll take Miami. Because I think everyone expects them to be an absolute laughing stock. They have everything like in place to be a laughing stock in that they've hired Phil Neville, who mm-hmm. is kind of a little smells a little bit like Frank the Fraud. You know <laughs> what I mean? Relatively unproven. He did a great job with the uh, English women's national team. But unproven, what does he have to do with MLS? You know, uh, his first year, like. David Beckham's really good friend. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Wh- why is he really here kind of thing? Um, but I actually think they have a lot of good talent. I think that the way they've constructed that team actually makes sense. Um, hired Christ as his assistant coach. Yeah, hired Christ as his assistant coach. But just they have, they have like the nice mix. Uh, well, first of all, they have four designated players right now. So I feel like the fact that I'm being like, oh, yeah, they're doing a great job is like they already fucked up and they need to do something about their <laughs> roster before Friday. But um, I, I think they will. Uh, but I just think they're a team with a nice mix of, you know, the young talent from South America and, and other places, you know, maybe Central America as well. But uh, that young talent kind of thing. And then also they have a few guys who are like Higuain's um, who can get it done and, and are kind of more experienced. They haven't like sold out on either club building strategy. And I think that that, I think that works basically. I think like LAFC is another example of a, a team that wanted to be a big team and kind of went that route and has, yeah, Vela who's the experienced guy and, and the leader, but then they also have like a lot of really good young talent. Um, that's okay. A little, feels so a little as a, as a surprise, then, where do they finish in the league? Like, what would be a surprising uh, end result for them? I think they, well, I think they'll surprise some people by just making the playoffs. Uh, okay. But I think, they'll, I think they'll do better than that. I think they won't sneak into the playoffs. They'll, the whole year, they'll be in playoff position, or you know, maybe not the okay. year, right after the two games, who knows. But, you know, sure. they'll be a shoe-in for the playoffs by the, by the run-in. Okay, I like that. Mike, um, who will be the biggest disappointment this season? And why is it DC United? <laughs> I mean, it won't be DC United because they're not going to disappoint anyone. They're just... <laughs> I mean, I actually think they've got a new coach this year. I think they will be better version of themselves, which is to say, like, they'll be in the playoff hunt, and then they're, maybe they'll get the last playoff spot. Maybe they won't, you know. Not not an impactful team. Um, I would say the the biggest disappointment uh, for me, I'm gonna go with Sporting KC. I feel like that's a team. Uh, you know, they've had the same the same coach for for a very long time in Vermes. They've got kind of like a pretty strong identity. I just feel like they kind of punched above their weight last year, and then in the playoffs they got a little bit exposed. Um, and I think a lot of their kind of core players, uh, have sort of aged out or, or in the process of aging out. Like, um, um, uh, Beasler, our guy gone, uh, rest in peace. 
but no longer there. He was like a mainstay for a while. Guys like Espinosa and Zussi are just kind of, they're, you know, very much on the wrong side of 30. Um, and, you know, even though they've got like Polito up top and he's, he's clearly like a very good player, uh, I just, you look at their roster and you're like, they don't have a lot of guys who I'm really worried about. And they've got a ton of like young homegrown guys who, while I love, you know, I, lo- I love the young guys, I just don't think any of these guys have proven to be like MLS above average players. So I think they're going to gonna sink like a rock this year. My surprise of the season will be that uh, an MLS team wins the CONCACAF Champions League. That is Saucy. my prediction. I'm going to, I'm, this is the year, this is the season, it's going to happen. Who's wow. it going to be? Um, I don't, I don't know who it's going to be, but I'm just going to say it's going to be an MLS team that, that wins it. Um, wow. That's, 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 that's my, surprise. that's my prediction. Um, Can, all right. I, I Go ahead. Give, if we're talking, we're talking about disappointments, I just wanted to get on the fact that, um, yeah, I think NYCFC is a club that, people may not realize is trending downwards as hard as they are trending downwards to me. Uh, I, I, I bet Palmer, you can't name a player on the NYCFC. Um, and that wouldn't been the case a few years ago, right? Pirlo via like whatever they don't, they don't have that level of guys anymore. They've loaned out their big DP signing. Uh, they're going to play at least seven, maybe nine games at their rivals stadium this year because they can't, uh, figure out the stadium situation, which was, you know, yeah, supposed to be a temp- supposed to be a temporary thing. It's it's not they, right. It's, it's a they're, they're also like we're the New York City team, like not the New York area team. Yeah, like we're real, and then they're playing in New Jersey, which they're is playing in New Jersey at their a rivals, little tough. a little tough yeah, at their rivals stadium, right? So, I mean, I think that's a team that, and they've, I mean, as far as this podcast is concerned, right? They've had these white nationalist fans and that they have a problem they haven't solved. Um, yep. But, like, they basically give their fans no reason to support them anymore. Like, from my perspective, they had a lot of buzz. Like, the whole New York City team thing that Mike's saying, like, makes total sense. Of course you're going to get people to come to those first games. But they have just run the ship into the ground at this point, from my perspective. Like, they're just go tanking, tanking. Yeah. And maybe they on the field like- they're not tanking yet, but it's coming. And this could be the year that they really are bad on the field and no one comes to the games. So, I mean, I, I feel like they're setting themselves up for like a big summer signing is maybe, but I, but I think you're right. I mean, like their, their striker, Eber, he's not a DP, but he's been very good in MLS. But I think, yeah, you look at the, kind of the rest of that roster and there's, there's some competent players, but there's not a lot of real star power yet. But I think it's coming. Um, I like I like these. So continuing <laughs> with these questions, um, my favorite part about this is that I don't have to answer any of these questions. Uh, so all right, so probably not going to want to watch NYCFC. Uh, we kind of know what DC United's going to be and what DC United is. Um, Colin, give us like the team that like the can't miss team, right? So like remember. Uh, back when KD was on Golden State and it was like you wanted to watch the Golden State Warriors play, right? Like it just, it didn't matter. Oh, you just mean like They were on TV, you were watch. watching them. Yeah, who, who are, who's the have to tune in to watch play team? I, I feel like my, not to answer my own question, but my answer to this is LAFC. Yeah, I mean, LAFC is not, a bad shout at that. I'll give you that. Um, I think for me, it's still, it's still probably, this is maybe a personal opinion, but it's still probably Atlanta United. Joseph Martinez is back this year. Back. Um, They have USA guys, right? Miles Robinson is a defender who's going to play every game and and you're going to be interested in seeing. Um, Barco scored yeah, Barco. two goals in their yeah. in their champ in the Champions League exactly uh, match. Right. Barco's like coming into it now. He's like he's twenty two. He's not whatever he was when they signed him, maybe nineteen or something like that. Mm-hmm. So like he should be one of the best players in the league. Um, George Bello is another USA eligible guy who fig- figures to play 
damn near every game and, and will be exciting, 19 years old. Um, so, and, you know, they have other guys who, Emerson Hindman, 25 years old still, has a pedigree. Um, I think they'll be fun to watch. I think there's also, like, quite frankly, you know, as, a, as an American fan, right, you also are not, it's not just about um, they score goals like, or, or there's going to be a lot of goals in this game. Otherwise, I'd say San Jose Earthquakes. But, uh, <laughs> like, you care about the guys who are on the field and the way they're playing and that, like, there's like, some interesting stories there kind of, like, that, you, you know, connect to seasons past and, and probably the men's national team as well. Mike, who uh, actually might give us your team to watch this year? I mean... So the thing about MLS, I'll just say as a, as a precursor is, and this applies to the team I'm going to name, is like you can have teams that are very, very similar in terms of their coach and their players, and then year to year, they just end up being totally different for reasons that are not... There just feels like a lot of randomness in the league. Yeah. So two years ago, to kind of Colin's point about you know young players and you know potential national team players, like FC Dallas was just throwing on like every... 19 to 21 year old that they had and they did pretty well. And then last year, all those guys were still around, had the same coach. Uh, and then basically like all the young kids that they had just got half the amount of minutes and the team kind of finished in the same spot of like, you know, just making the playoffs. Um, this year, I mean, they've, they've sold a couple guys, uh, you know, they, they've sold, um, Brian Reynolds, uh, they sold Reggie Cannon. So they, they've sold some young guys. It just feels like this is a team that now is like all in on youth. Dev- I mean, they've already been all in, but now they're cashing in. Uh, so Paul McCall is going to be back. He was injured for a while. They've got um, just a ton of young guys. Uh, Ricardo Pepe's an 18-year-old striker who, you know, seems like he's got all the tools. So I think they're going to be really fun. But because they're so young, they're probably going to just leak goals and try and score goals and I think they're going to be a really fun team to watch and just kind of up and down all season. So that San Jose FC Dallas game must tune in for goals. <laughs> must watch. Uh, Wander Mike, playing a bunch who, of guys who, you know, he could be their father. <laughs> who is going to win the MLS? I mean, I mean go ahead. Mike. I'm oh, giving it okay, to Mike. Okay, Mike. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it feels it feels kind of predictable to just be like Seattle. And I know Morris, he's a big player there and he's out, but I mean, you kind of look at the MLS rosters and I don't think there have been that many flashy signings this year. Like, you know, teams have brought in reinforcements there, but there haven't been, uh, you know, a, a Giovinco type signing or a, a guy who's coming. You're like, Oh, he, this guy's going to make this team from an okay team to a great team. Um, and so I just look at, the teams from last year and you know to me it's just like seattle is just you're kind of old dependable and even though they kind of got smashed in the finals last year i just feel like that's a team that you always have to be worried about they've had you know smets smeltzer smetzer uh for a long time and i mean i'm just looking at like you know the the rest of the league and you know maybe Atlanta if, if Martinez comes back and is healthy I mean he didn't play this past week in in Concacaf so who knows with the injuries um, so I guess those would kind of be my my two shouts Colin who wins the MLS Cup this year LAFC I'll take LAFC uh, I think I was going to say why why is it going to be LAFC make make a case yeah I think they have the best manager in the league um, I think they have the best player in the league Carlos Vela. Uh, Diego Rossi, maybe the best young player in the league. Um, I, you know, they're only getting, they're, they've kind of kept the core together in a lot of ways um, with Mark Anthony Kay as well. Um, so I, I just think that they have just a ton of talent. And yeah, it, it's MLS, so it's knockout games in, in MLS Cup playoffs, and this is a hard thing to predict, right? But I think that, I, I think that, Seattle has the pedigree and everything and the experience and that stuff in the playoffs. But, you know, there's not a lot more you'd like out of a team like LAFC, right? So I think it's, it's foolish to leave their name out of the conversation. Okay, well, then let's 
Columbus Crew won MLS Cup 2020, uh, and Mike mentioned that they kind of wiped the field with with Seattle. It was it really wasn't even a game. Um, why aren't we talking about Columbus? There is no good reason. Because <laughs> we don't respect them. We don't put any respect <laughs> on their name. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, well, maybe we should put some respect on their name. Because Perry um, Kitchen plays there. Okay. Last I mean, question for. Well, uh, go but, ahead, Mike. But seriously, though, like I think part of the reason that we don't pay a lot of attention to Columbus is, like, you look at that team and, um, like Zardes, obviously a, a star player there, but not a guy from a national team perspective that I think we're really excited about. Um, their attacking midfield player, what's it, like Zella Ryan, I think yep. is his name, yep. who was Zella just Ryan. an absolute yep. beast in that final game, just ran the field. Like, I don't know, for whatever reason, I think he, he, I think last year was his first year with the crew. So maybe this is the year that he kind of becomes that sort of like Valeri type force in MLS where you're like, oh, this, this guy is, you know, he's just one of the best players. But I don't know. I just kind of look at that team and like, the individual players don't really get me excited. And yeah, I, I don't know. It's just like, it, it doesn't quite pass the smell test for me as like a team to get excited about, even though, I mean, I mean clearly they're very good. I, t- I totally feel about them exact as like, as a neutral to both these conversations as I feel about Seattle. I mean, maybe Portland fans feel differently about Seattle, but I feel like, I don't know. Jordan Morris is not a, is a U.S. men's national team player who I'm not excited about. Quite frankly, like going forward, you know, he's fine. Fits in that Zardes role, and then the rest of them are a lot, of, a bunch of guys who have been in MLS for a while and are pretty good. And that's yeah. also the case with this uh, uh, crew roster of, you know, uh, Jonathan Mensa has been there a while now. Obviously Nagby, um, but yeah, Bradley Wright Phillips is on that roster. Like, yeah, he he's still, I mean, he's ancient, but like he'll get goals. Like if you want late game Zardes. goals, he'll. He'll get goals. Zardes obviously fits that definition. So, I mean, but it's just not going to get me excited. Like, I, it's it's the opposite of whatever you're talking about, like must-see TV. Like, I want to tune in and watch them. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Well, let's let's get excited about somebody. I know that I had one last question, but uh, I have a couple more. These are going to be uh, these are quick fire. So. Uh, who is your MLS MVP? The winner last year was Alejandro Pozuelo. Uh, who's your, who's, Colin, who's your MLS MVP? Uh, I mean, I'll stick with LAFC, Carlos Vela. Mike? I'm going to take, just because Colin uh, doesn't seem to think much of this player, uh, Seattle Sounders' own Raul Ruby Diaz. Every time wow. I watch him, I'm just like, this dude is an absolute beast. Yeah, and I think he's, a game he's been consistent. Sure. Be- I mean, better than consistent. I think this year he'll have just like a normal year and just pour in the goals. Yeah, it's very. He is a player who, if he has a consistent, whatever, however long the season is, eight months or whatever, he could easily score thirty goals or whatever, and we could be like, well, we have to give it to him, even though he's not a sexy name. So, Joseph Martinez coming back. Does he set the top goal scorer record, or is does he score the most goals in in, in MLS this season? And if not, who does? Uh, I mean, I'm going to stick with Carlos Vela, but <laughs> I think uh, Rui Diaz is a good shout. I think, no, Joseph Martinez, uh, you know, first season back after the knee injury, plays on turf, the type of player he is. Like, he should be, uh, what's the, the NBA word for this? Uh, like like ma- load, load management? Load management, yeah. <laughs> there should be some load management. He should be on minutes regulations. Take it easy on him, uh, but he'll, he'll be he'll be a vast improvement from last year. Um. Yeah. All right. Go ahead, Mike. I mean, I was just gonna say. Obviously, my answer is Ruby Diaz. That's that's what I thought. I'm putting all um, putting all my money on Ruby Diaz. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um. Okay. What are your storylines for the season, Mike? What should we be excited for, for MLS? I mean, I'll, I'll do sort of a more off-the-field storyline. Uh, there's a I bunch of sweet stadiums that are going to be opening. I know we've all kind of fawned over the Cincinnati Stadium, which just looks... In the neighborhood! Just right up in the neighborhood. Just a beautiful... It looks like the New York Stadium, but the Red Bull Stadium, but better. 
Um, I think Austin and, and Columbus are both getting new stadiums. I mean, I think for us as just guys who've kind of followed soccer and followed the growth of the game here, it's just exciting to see these teams just like putting putting roots down and just making it happen. And I mean, for us, hopefully, like we'll you know we'll be able to go to games ourselves this year, and who knows, maybe we'll even be able to travel to a one of these stadiums in the next next couple of years, which is very exciting to think about. Uh, yeah, storyline for me is being able to actually go to games this this season and attend and uh, kind of get back to relatively quote unquote normal. I'm kind of looking forward to that. So, yeah. uh, as selfish as that may sound, um, Colin, what is your storyline or something that you're excited for for this season? I mean, I just I, I don't know how it could be anything besides being in person, having in person games, or you know, even just from my perspective, I'm not going to go to Revolution games, but when you watch games, there'll be fans in the stands. Like that's yeah. it makes the difference on the atmosphere, even when you're watching on TV. Um, but because Mike brought up uh, whatever they called Austin FC, I have to give them a shout for they. I think they will get a nice little run at worst MLS team in history. Wow, <laughs> they. I mean, I don't know what their you know what their tactics are going to be like, or if they're going to be very savvy about this. But I just do not see a lot of talent on that roster. I see a lot of guys who are MLS retreads. It's it a very feels, DC United uh, type roster. Yeah, it's a very DC United type roster, and this is the first year they've all played together, right? Like it has the the potential for terrible. It's it's not nailed on to be terrible, but it has absolutely has the potential to be terrible. I mean, I'll also just say I'm I'm always excited to just see young guys in MLS. I think you know we've got. Tons of great young players in Europe, and maybe those are like your tier one prospects. But there's lots of tier two prospects. There's lots of trouts out there. Uh, and I feel like we're kind of at the point now where we've, we've seen like, you know, one or two guys kind of pop every year for the last few years. Like guys who maybe we hadn't heard of or had kind of decided we were going to, or maybe this is just me, just like writing off, you know, 19-year-olds because, uh, you know, they weren't playing or whatever. And then all of a sudden they come good, so... I'm always excited to see like how the how the young kids do. Brendan Aronson has a little brother, Paxton Aronson. Get on the hype train now. <laughs> yep. Little brothers are always better than big brothers. That's just a fact. All right. So well that's probably not nearly good enough uh for MLS talk, but um that's what you get when you listen to this pod. Um wrapping things up for the weekend, uh Premier League talk. Um CP to gods has a brace, uh, leads with a wild, wild win over, um, premier league soon to be champions, man city. Colin, did you see any of this? I mean, I saw the highlights and they were beautiful. In I that, mean, we got to talk about it for Keevan, right? Yeah, We got to talk about it for Keevan. Uh, Keevan also sent me a great, the Bielsa quote about this, which was like, um, the, the, the commentator said something like, you know, you played very defensively in this game and you won and you're always supposed to, you're, you're, you know, your thing is to be so attacking all the time. You may be rethinking, you know, your, your tactics. And he said something like, I didn't tell them to do any of that. None of, none of that was planned. <laughs> I don't co-sign any of this, whatever. I completely disavowed it. But then he was like, it did work. So maybe we'll have to think about it and we'll have to work on it or something like that. <laughs> I just like I just love the, like, the honesty of the man taking no credit for um, a two-one win with ten men to the champions um, love it. because his team only took two shots on goal. Um, Mike, do we need to talk about West Ham? You know, I think we do. Just because I got a text from George and he he literally said, "I'm going to read this out." Uh, <laughs> most important is what they will say on the pod, is what George said, and so. <laughs> You know, I think it's worth pointing out. I saw a tweet today. George probably already knows this, but this calendar year, West Ham has the most points of any team in the Premier League, 32. Uh, you know, that's that's more than anyone else by by quite a bit. So uh, actually, maybe, maybe not more than City, but more than everyone but City. Um, I mean, that's it's pretty good, but you know what they say about form. Form is temporary. But yeah, I mean, West Ham uh, kind of quietly... Up and forth. So, you know, dare to dream, George. Dare to dream. 
I mean, it's getting late, right? It's April now. Like, it it can happen. It totally can happen. And they look good. And they're beating, obviously, beat Leicester, a very legitimate team up there with them. Their their running actually is like not they they play Chelsea in a couple weeks, which will be a huge game for top four. But then I mean they've got Everton, and then they've got a bunch of you know frankly kind of smaller clubs that you you would think you know if they remain in good form they win those games. So George, basically what I'm saying is you're guaranteed top four. Don't fuck it up. (laughs) (laughs) Enjoy Jesse Lingard while you got him. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, Jesse Lingard is on an absolute tear. Um, uh, let's see. Spurs played United this weekend. Um, same manager, same result. Uh, anything? Is there anything that hasn't been said about Jose that we can say right now? No. No. I mean, great no. response. All right. Um, that's all I got. Colin, you want to give us an Everton preview? Everton didn't play, so they play on Monday. They play tomorrow. Uh, yeah, probably draw is the best case scenario. We are fully back on earth. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, anything else? I can't remember how Dan ends Just, these. So. I miss Dan. Just please find Dan for the love of God. <laughs> Thanks, Cliff. Thanks, Cliff. Thanks, Cliff. I put together an Ikea dresser. Let's go. It's been a busy weekend. Been a busy weekend. You look Uh, exhausted. Do I? No. You look great. You look fresh as a daisy. You look bombed out and depleted. Which I will say, fresh (laughs) fresh as a daisy is a little bit of a spoiler for one of my kids.